0: Welcome you on to another episode of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. It's Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bella here to give you the latest in the sporting world. Mitch, it's good to be back to you, back with you after this weekend. And uh, we got a lot to talk about coming off of the weekend. We had a fight one night. We had a big, some big games in the other. Uh, we have a number of uh, key matchups coming up here in the next few weeks. So it'll be exciting to talk about.
1: Yeah, lots to talk about, including that fight, which for the people out there, Mitch, they might be thinking we're talking UFC, but I don't think we are. I was going to say, was there, a
0: bi- was there a big UFC fight this weekend? I'm I'm more of a boxing fan, so I don't typically keep up with the UFC as much unless there's a major name involved. I feel like there's one every week, and that's the only reason I mentioned that. Could be that. I was watching Top Rank on Friday night. That was how I spent my time because there were no Cavs games. But since there will be some Cavs games coming up soon, we'll be talking about those. We'll also talk about the ones that happened this week. But before we get into all that, want to remind you guys that we have a number of things scheduled for programming here on Big Time Sports. It is now time for this week in big time sports. This is our weekly segment. We talk about all the programming you'll be able to see this coming week here on BTS, whether it be on our website, BigTimeSportsOhio.com. You can also check your local cable listings right here. We have the schedule for you starting this week for big time sports on Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Friday at 10 p.m. You will be able to see here in Tuscarawas County, the big-time sports show with old Mellow Tones' Charlie Jones as the Dover Boys and Girls Swim Teams come over to talk with Charlie. Dover coming off a very, very impressive conference, uh, meet performance, a couple of uh, gold medal performances in there. You also have our uh, Games of the Week, in which Malvern will be in Sugar Creek on Tuesday to face off with the Garraway Pirates, two of the best teams in the IVC will be facing off On Tuesday, you can find that live stream starting at 720 at BigTimeSportsOhio.com. That is also courtesy of Local Broadcast Network or the LBN app. You can also check out on Friday, New Philadelphia taking on Mount Vernon, the Wildcats against the Quakers. That replay will be Friday at 11 p.m. and Saturday at 2 p.m. I should also mention Malvern and Garraway's replay will be the Tuesday at 1030 after the game. And then Wednesday, the following Wednesday, at three o'clock and on saturday we will have the nightcap of the ivc boys basketball showcase we had the girls showcase this past weekend in, in highland this one will be at claymont and we'll see many of the top schools in the area come together to face off that replay you can find on saturday at 11 o'clock and sunday at 1 p.m mitch as you can see here who do we got on the list for uh stark county this week
1: You have the St. Thomas Aquinas boys basketball team on the big-time sports TV show this week. You can watch that interview with Joe Dunn and others Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. and Saturday morning at 8.30 a.m. And then Mitch, the big-time sports game of the week in Stark County. I don't know if you can get much bigger than this. This is for all the marbles. Glen Oak versus Green at Glen Oak. The winner, Federal League champion. Hmm. Whether it is going to be shared or outright is to be determined in another game, but this game is huge, and actually, matched it is the same exact spot we were at last season. The same teams playing. Green had to beat Glen Oak at Green High School. Green ended up doing that to win the Federal League title. This year, Green at Glen Oak, the winner will clinch at least to share the Federal League title. Glen Oak already beat Green earlier this season, and you can watch the replays of that game Friday night at 11 p.m. and Saturday morning at 10 a.m.
0: Absolutely. And for all of our uh, new viewers or our longtime listeners who just haven't been able to get who haven't gotten the message yet, you can find all of these broadcasts on Spectrum 15 and 989 in Stark in Tuscarawas counties, depending on where you are, as well as Maslin CT 128. You can also check out our websites, WIVMTV.com for our broadcasts. You can also go to BigTimeSportsOhio.com. You can find all of our articles there, our videos. Our recent episodes of the Big Time Sports Show with Charlie Jones. You can also download the Local Broadcast Network app, the LBN app. You can also find it on a number of streaming services. Uh, we were just uh, down with the Roku, uh, using the Roku uh, mm-hmm. stuff yesterday. Mitch, and we were on the LBN there, and uh, you can also find us here on YouTube. Obviously, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell uh, as well. Our podcast specifically, and of course, check out Big Time Sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, that should be about it. So, and, of course, our podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and Anchor, as well as SoundCloud. So, now, Mitch, we got that out of the way. I do want to talk about some of the matchups coming this weekend before we get into the matchups that we have for the tournament. Because the tournament is still a few weeks away. We're still mm-hmm. a little ways removed from that. But you mentioned that game between... Uh, Glen Oak and Green. That's a big one, man, especially with a lot of stuff that's been going on in the Federal League lately. You still have Jackson up there. McKinley's got some good seating in the tournament coming up. I mean, what should fans be looking forward to with this matchup between the Eagles and the Bulldogs?
1: Well, if you're not following your school this weekend, and Mitch, a lot of teams are entering their final regular season home games in some aspects. Others are just playing some tune-up games to get ready for the tournament. There's two huge games. If you're a basketball fan, I highly recommend you're going to one of the two. One of them we already talked about, Green at Glen Oak on Friday night. Glen Oak already beat Green earlier this year at Green High School. So now Green will be looking to get revenge. The winner will clinch at least a share of the Federal League. Now you might say, why will they clinch a share or how do they win it outright? The other game, Jackson at McKinley. A win for Jackson means they will clinch a share of the Federal League title and share it with the winner of Green and Glen Oak. A McKinley Bulldog win at the Fieldhouse on Friday night means the winner of Green and Glen Oak will be the outright Federal League champion this season. Mitch, this is these two games are huge because we already know the seeding. So win or lose, it means nothing for the tournament draw and seedings that we're going to get into here shortly. But Jackson, we mentioned earlier a few weeks back, had not beaten McKinley in the past three seasons. The senior class had never beaten them at all. They finally avenged that and got their first win against McKinley in four years. Can they win at the Fieldhouse now, Mitch? The last time they won at the Fieldhouse, 2018. This is a place that's very hard to play, but, Mitch, this year McKinley has lost a number of home games to Federal League teams. It's not really common. Can Jackson take what they had in that first win over McKinley earlier in January and take it on the road and clinch the Federal League title, their first one in a few years, and then share it with Greener Glen Oak? All I know is Jackson and Green, Mitch, if they both somehow win and clinch a share of the Federal League title, it'll be up there in the rafters as Federal League champions. But Mitch, there's a chance that we could be talking these two teams meet soon in the district tournament.
0: No doubt, because there's a number of matchups with a lot of these teams clustered together in the Northeast, which I believe is uh, split between six divisions uh, as far as uh, one of the districts or one of the, the division levels go um it, that's going to be a, a big game i'm going to be looking forward to that i'm also going to be at the Garraway malvern game which is key for the mm-hmm. pirates because they are at nine and three in conference on the season 15 and three overall if Garraway is able to pull off this victory against the hornets then i do believe that they will have wrapped up the conference division south division championship because they currently stand at eight and or nine and three, as I mentioned. Sandy Valley is right behind them at eight and three. Now, Sandy Valley has their last conference game of the season coming this Tuesday against nine and nine, uh 10 and 9, excuse me, Tuskegee Valley. So it's very, very possible that Sandy Valley can get this home win, but they're looking over what's happening at Sugar Creek if they want to be named as co-champions. They're also 14 and 6 on the season. Now, as for the Indian Valley Braves. They are seven and four on the season, and they got a huge win uh, just this past week to keep within the race. But Highland put a monkey wrench into that one because they ended up beating the Braves on Friday night. Indian Valley is now seven and four on the year. So even if you get that eighth victory uh, coming this Tuesday, which I believe is against uh, one of their IVC South counterparts, if I'm not mistaken, they will be playing against Ridgewood. That seems like one they can win. Even if they get that eighth win, Garraway still one ahead of you, even if they were to lose and match you in losses at four. So Garraway looking to clinch the IVC South. Obviously, we mentioned last week Malvern, uh heck of a season, man. 18 and one for the year, 12-0 and 0 in conference. Just an unbelievable performance by them. They ended up uh winning uh their la- their most recent game very, very handily. But it's gonna be interesting coming up with this showcase. Because, and I know the the boys' side is is different from the girls' uh, side of play. But this past Saturday at the IVC Girls Basketball Showcase at Highland High School, the South Division, considered the big school division in the IVC, won every game to their North counterparts. So it's a very... It's been like this for a little bit. The IVC South teams usually come in, whether it's Garraway, Sandy Valley, Indian Valley, Highland, Tuskegee Valley, and these sort of sports. I mean, it was last week, Tusky Valley ended up beating Strasburg in the girls final game between each of the, uh, divisional winners. It, it's a, it's a tall task for the North sometimes, but there have been some teams in the last few years that have been able to get key victories. So I'm very curious to see how that one plays out. We also had the tournament draws, as we mentioned, um, This past weekend, the boys have officially drawn their tournament seedings. A number of schools that we see here, if I can get this onto the screen, uh, that will be competing in the upcoming tournament. Um, I mentioned McKinley. They got a number 13 seed against Euclid uh, in the Northeast 1 bracket on this coming Wednesday, February 22nd. You also have Maslin taking on Hudson. Lake taking on Glen Oak, which is one that I don't know if people should be overlooking, Mitch.
1: No. So you mentioned Lake and Glen Oak, Mitch, from what I've gathered from a few different people I've talked to. And, and for somebody that's looking at this graphic on the screen right now, Mitch, there might be people that are still confused. I know talking to friends that I graduated with that played basketball. This is a completely different format than when you and I were both in high school, Mitch. Typically, yep. you always saw when it came to basketball, everybody in your league and surrounding in, for this instance, Stark County, right? And and the city of Canton. Not anymore, Mitch. There's three super districts now. And what's very intriguing is all these teams listed here in Division One were seeded one through thirty-seven. There are thirty-seven teams in the Division One Northeast District between Northeast One and Three. So obviously the top seeds get to pick where they go. Mitch, the difference this year: these teams picked where they're going to play in the district. They mm-hmm. do not yet know where the district championship games will be played. That information being released today. It's something new that the OHSA wanted to do to potentially and I say potentially because this is not confirmed, eliminate teams from going to the closest district that may not have a shot at going far. So they could just get the game over with and not have to travel far last year, mm-hmm. at least in girls basketball, your three districts were Ravenna, Perry high school, and then all the way up at Menor high school. And that's where a team like uh, green went last year. Hoover went to the Ravenna district. Well, Some surrounding teams, and when you look at these teams listed here, you look at Euclid and McKinley. How are they playing in a district championship? That is why now. But we will find out later this afternoon, as we're recording this today on Monday, Mitch, where those are going to be. But back to Lake and Glen Oak, I was told that head coach Tom McBride of the Lake Blue Streaks wasted no time pouncing to take on Glen Oak at Glen Oak because these two teams have been evenly matched, so even that Glen Oak just beat Lake last week at Lake on a buzzer beater three-point shot by uh, by one of their players. And it is just intriguing because you see some big-time matchups right away, Mitch. And this is what's fun about high school basketball in the tournament. It's win or go home. And you're talking about some of the top players in the Federal League facing off right away in the first round of the sectional semifinals or sectional championship. I'm excited, but right there you see the Northeast 1 district. Mitch, I told you about this all season long. McKinley, in my opinion, was going to be underseeded just because of the struggles they had midseason. McKinley in the no, uh northeast one district is the 13th seed overall. If they win, they will play Nordonia, who was the number three seed overall. Yes. Mitch, that is the one team right away that is a higher ranked seed I would not be shocked to see false simply because of the talent mm-hmm. McKinley has on that roster and the style of basketball in which they play. We'll obviously be able to break that down more as time goes on, but that Northeast one district, just to start, Mitch, very, very intriguing.
0: Yeah, and then you go over to Northeast two, you get a couple of see, uh, seeds from your area and mine. Uh, the Green Bulldogs will take on the winner of Boardman and Warren G. Harding, that uh, sectional semifinal coming on Wednesday, the sectional final coming on Saturday. And then the Dover Crimson Tornadoes, very solid season. They are number 11 in the uh, di- Division one bracket because they will take on the winner of Twinsburg, and Riverside, so or uh, Lakeside, yeah, so that'll be an interesting one there. Uh, we also have in Northeast Three a number of uh, schools that should be very competitive, Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary, a two seed uh, playing in the first round, and then Perry will take on Walsh Jesuit. And then you'll have all those matchups coming on to Saturday, where the Jesuit and Perry winner will take on number 24, the Hoover Vikings, and uh, the University of School and Solon winner will take on number 10. Louisville. Louisville is one of the more interesting teams yes. going into this yep. tournament because obviously they have one of the top players in their conference, and we'll all Jancic, the all-time leading scorer in school history. And they're a school that has been very uh, top quality on the season, but I think it's because, again, their location that they almost kind of get lost in the shuffle sometimes compared to some federal league schools and some schools elsewhere in Stark County. But uh, the Leopards could do some, something special here.
1: And not only that, Mitch, but this is, they're now in Division One. Last year, they were in a different division. They were moved up this year, along with the likes of St. Vincent, St. Mary, that you mentioned is the number two overall seed in the super district. So that is something to keep in mind. But to your point, I think Louisville has gone unnoticed. And if you're Louisville, I think that's right where you want to be. You want people to be like, oh, they just moved to Division One. How good are they? You obviously know about Will Aljansik, Mitch, being the all time leading scorer in Leopard history. But when you talk about Aljansik, He's also able to get others involved. So, and we've seen it last year in their tournament run. When you try to take him out of the equation, he is still skilled enough to make other players get open, get good looks, knock down shots. And that's how Louisville can beat you. So as simple as it might be to stop Will Aljancic, it's not always that simple, Mitch, because if you stop him from scoring, great. He's still going to get his for the most part. But if he gets other guys involved with knockdown shooters, then we are talking about a very tough Louisville team. And Mitch, before we move on to that next one, I just want to point out, I mentioned Jackson and green could potentially be co champions this, this week in the federal league. They also could meet in the district semifinal. So for all the banners that would be hung, those two schools could realistically look at each other and say, fine, if we're going to be co-champions, the winner of this game could technically be the outright champion, even though it's not how it works, Mm -hmm. but those two teams have played phenomenal games in years past green. I believe beat Jackson the last time they met in the tournament years ago, when Caleb Martin, who was an outstanding player, at green was still there. Boy, would that be fun? Boy, would that be a lot of fun?
0: It would be a tournament game, not only to advance to the next round, but for potential bragging rights for the entire season between those two schools. And then I've pulled up here, the East bracket, which has a number of local uh, area teams with num- number two, new Philadelphia, one of the headliners in the East one bracket, uh, that will, also, be involved with teams like Indian Creek in the mix. You have St. Clairsville in there, uh, a number of teams in there. John Glenn at number seven, which is very fascinating to me. Then you go to East Two, where you have the top seed in Maysville taking on number 21, Meadowbrook. Cambridge, you have Claymont in there. Claymont playing the winner of Riverview and Carrollton. Number three, Carrollton, who won the Eastern Buckeye Conference, 16 wins in a row for the Warriors. One of the most amazing stories from the GAC conference this year. You also have Indian Valley, who's also very competitive. They are number six. They'll take on the winner of the Minerva Lions and Morgan. Morgan will be an interesting team to watch if they can get past Minerva. Number one, Malvern in Division three will take on Edison in the first game. That'll be Tuesday, February 21st. These games uh, starting on Tuesday, February 21st, as opposed to the Northeast bracket. Uh, we mentioned Malvern. There's also Tusky Valley versus Sandy Valley in a number 10 versus number five. That game will be played At Magnolia. Number nine, Buckeye Trail. Pretty good team in the IVC North this year, but they get handed number two, Martins Ferry, which is going to be a tall task. Uh, Third ranked, Garraway. They'll take on number 14, Barnesville. And then the winner of Malvern versus Edison. Malvern might be facing off with an IVC foe in number 13, Ridgewood, in the sectional finals that happened on Friday. February 24th. So then division four, finally, we also have number three Highland versus number 16 newcomers town. Trojans had a bit of a struggle this year. the Hawks heated up near the end of the season. They got off to kind of a tough start. Weren't able to capture the IVC South that they have in years past, but they got a bit of a run here. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, we see a solid performance coming the rest of this year from Brady uh, from the Hawks squad. Uh, we also have number one River taking on Bridgeport. They are the number one seed, the River Pilots. Conant Valley versus Monroe Central. You also have uh this is this is oh this is this is <laughs> heated to put in a sectional semifinal. Tuscar Central Catholic, number eleven against number five Strasburg. The, the Tigers ended up beating the Saints this past week on a banked-in three-pointer at the buzzer by Jake Ryan, who is one of the more creative scorers in all the intervalley conference. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where that matchup will go in a couple of weeks. And I'm curious as to see what you guys think of the, uh, this tournament seedings and where you think these matchups will go, which teams do you think will be out first round, which teams do you think will be out, uh, uh, or be going the long way through the rest of the tournament. So that is all we have for segment one. When we come back, we'll be going over some things that happened this weekend, a uh, big, Acquirement in a certain league and a big fight breaking out. Stay with us. Hey there, folks. This is Mitch Spinell, and I want to give you guys a quick message regarding 988. If you don't know what 988 is, it was created to make it easier to remember how to get help in the event of a mental health or addiction crisis. This is different than a medical, fire, or police emergency where 911 should still be called immediately. 988 connects you with Stark County's Crisis Center, which is equipped to help people in emotional distress or experiencing a mental health or addiction crisis. So remember, 911 for medical, fire, and police emergency help and 988 for support in overcoming a mental health crisis in Stark County.
2: Buying a home has never been so affordable with record low interest rates. Hartzler's Quality Housing is ready to put over 40 years of experience to work for you. Family owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's has a wide selection of model homes on site with a knowledgeable team to help make your new home a reality. Open six days a week, visit them off I-77 in Dover or online at Hartzler's.com. Hartzler's Quality Housing, quality from start to finish.
3: You deserve the best, and at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We
1: consider you the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think Ferris.
4: You invest a lot in your home and vehicle purchases. Van Nostrand Young and Associates want you to feel secure should anything happen to those investments. We partner with providers like Grange Insurance and other industry leaders to be sure you're presented with the most complete coverage to fit your needs. Because we're not only here to protect the items you invest in, We're here to protect your future as well.
2: Call Ben & Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867.
5: We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org.
3: Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like nugs without the sauce. <gasps> or a frosty without the fries. <gasps> or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's.
4: Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply. App registration required. Fresh beef available in contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada.
6: Vive Auto Sales, located on West High Avenue in New Philadelphia and Cleveland Avenue in Canton, is a used car dealership committed to getting financing for everyone. We give every customer that walks in our showrooms a prime buying experience, no matter their credit score or financial situation. Current inventory can be viewed at www.wefinancenow.com. Check out our Facebook pages for the most up-to-date information about upcoming events and promotions happening at Vive Auto Sales.
0: And we welcome you back here to the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch Spinell alongside Mitchell Bala. Mitch, it has happened again. It happened in Cleveland. It happened in Boston. Now it's happened... In one of the five boroughs, man. Kyrie Irving has officially jumped ship. He is now going to the Dallas Mavericks as it was broken yesterday. According to Adrian Wojnarowski, VSPN ESPN, the Mavs are, Mavericks are sending Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, an unprotected first-round pick in 2029, and second-round picks in 2027 and 2029 for Irving and Markeith Morris. So, Mitch, the, the news had broken throughout the this past week that Kyrie was requesting a trade from Brooklyn after the, the the last three-ish years of one of the biggest fan base headaches in the NBA. Not to say it was Kyrie necessarily. I think it was just this entire Nets franchise was just causing headache after mm-hmm. headache after headache. And... We had heard a lot of talk about the Lakers potentially making a move to try and get LeBron and Kyrie reunited, and that didn't ultimately come to be. And Dallas, in my opinion, making a genius move because not only are they proving to Luka Doncic that they are going to try and get other great players to help him get to a postseason run, but Kyrie is on his last year of his deal this year. If he goes and walks in free agency, you can then use that money and spend it on other players that ultimately may be uh, easier to handle than someone like Kyrie.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that point because, to me, this is a no-brainer for Dallas. The only way this backfires in any capacity is if we see the same Kyrie Irving we've seen now, his last year in Cleveland, his 10-year in Boston, Mm -hmm. his 10-year in Brooklyn, where he's unhappy and he sabotages this whole thing. But to your point, the thing for the Mavericks has been they need to try to surround Luca with better players, obviously. And there's a lot of people, Mitch, out there who compare Luca right now in the Mavericks to LeBron's first tenure in Cleveland. They've tried to put these players around him. Maybe that aren't all-stars or superstars, but it just hasn't worked yet. You also mentioned the Nets and the issues they've had. As much as we can blame Kyrie and as different as he is, James Harden wasn't happy after he got traded there, after he forced his way there. let's Let's keep that in mind. Wasn't happy, got traded to Philly. Kevin Durant signed with Brooklyn. Mitch, he isn't happy there either. People forget he requested a trade before the season started. He's definitely not happy there. now Kyrie Irving is not happy. So as much as people want to put it on Kyrie being Kyrie, you know, is he a cancer to the team, whatever. The Brooklyn Nets are also kind of to blame for how things have worked out there, Mitch, because they don't have a fond track record of superstars being happy there. Since really, I guess you'd say Richard Jefferson back in the early 2000s. Um, At the same time, I think this is very intriguing because how much better does this make the Mavericks? You're adding a ball-dominant player in a point guard alongside another guard in Luka Doncic. Does Luka move to the two? Does Kyrie move to the two? I mean, what is going to happen here? These are both players that are exceptional at moving with the basketball, especially Irving, who Mitch, in my opinion, still has the best handles in the NBA when it comes to being able to dribble in and out of traffic. I'm intrigued to see how this works. Am I going to be shocked if it it does not work out in Dallas' favor? No. But at the same time, you look at Brooklyn. Brooklyn has a lot of depth now. I say depth because I think that's big. At the same time, I think losing a player like Kyrie Irving, Mitch, once we saw in person what he could do with KD back a day after Christmas in Cleveland, they didn't get much worse right now. I just don't know if the Brooklyn Nets can be considered a title favorite anymore with how low the East is as great as Kevin Durant is when he's healthy. They don't have enough power in my opinion now to be able to go out and beat you in a best of seven series. And it's, it's to a point now where I would actually be okay with the Cavs matching up with them. If you would have said Cavs are matching up with the Nets in the first round, they had Kyrie and KD, I would have been worried. Now it's just KD, and you're not going to stop him. We know you're not going to stop him, but he's also not going to score a hundred some points on you. And to me, this is a good move for the Cavs. Just looking at it as a fan in the East, the nets get depth, but Mitch, this also puts the nets in a spot now where if they wanted to trade KD, they possibly could and not have a product. That's going to really suck. You could be average. You could probably get into the play in tournament still, but, if you trade KD, Mitch, you're also kind of speeding up the rebuild process all of a sudden if you get a huge package in return for him, But I know that's not what we're talking about here right now. I think Kyrie obviously wanted to go to the Lakers. I think LeBron wanted him to go to the Lakers after we saw LeBron's recent tweet after the after the news broke. But Joe Sy, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, was not going to let Kyrie Irving get his wish and where he wanted to go, which originally reported was L.A. or Phoenix. Yes. So, it, pettiness, sure, but at the same time, this is a guy that you paid a lot of money. Now, you weren't going to re-sign him from what it looks like, from what Kyrie wants in terms of an extension, but Joe Sy still got a very nice package as owner of the Nets back in return for a guy who was probably going to leave after a one-year match.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not to say that the Nets are completely dumb, but they're not going to be one of the top five East teams hmm. for much longer. I would even put the I put the Cavaliers over them in a seven-game series. That's, I put the Heat over them in a seven-game series, maybe even the Knicks if they can get a good run going. Um, But, but the Suns are interesting. I'm, I'm happy you brought them up because they relate not only to Ki- Ki- Kyrie, but to KD because Kyrie, reportedly, Phoenix offered, uh, it was what, a Jay Crowder, Chris Paul, and a first-round pick But Brooklyn wanted three first-round picks in return. Mm -hmm. That was according to Sham Sharania. Like, I get why Phoenix wanted to do that. Chris Paul's not getting younger. They wanted to upgrade at the point guard position probably. And that could have been something that could have given them a good push, especially with Devin Booker dealing with that groin injury. But Phoenix, the Phoenix deal was, I don't know if this is confirmed, was it reportedly leaked by the Nets? Because all those details, like, for some reason came out according to how, like, the Lakers wanted to trade uh, Russell Westbrook, two first-round picks. Mm-hmm. And I, I I was wondering, like, where are these details coming from? It, it, it might be the reporters making them up, but it, it looks like it might be here Brooklyn. And if that's the case, especially with the Phoenix deal, if KD were to become available, it's unlikely that Phoenix would get him. And and before that, Phoenix looked like a, the number one to me, the number one spot for Katie to get shipped to if Brooklyn were to trade him.
1: I, I think there's two sides to, to what you're saying right here. I think the reason that they leaked that info is to show that they were only going to trade Kyrie to one of those two destinations that he preferred if they got more than they would want from other teams, right? Yeah. If Joe Sy was going to grant Kyrie Irving where he wanted to go, he was going to get more than any other team was going to pay for. I think on the flip side of that now for the Suns and the Nets, if KD were to get moved, Mitch, I think you're talking about different pieces getting moved, starting around DeAndre Ayton, somebody who doesn't even want to be there, but signed because he wanted that money. Obviously, yeah. you're going to have to flip either Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton. for I was going to say,
0: Jay Crowder doesn't want to be there either.
1: No.
0: I mean, he
1: even played recently. I don't think he's played recently. No. Um The whole Kevin Durant trade to Phoenix, you would have to trade Chris Paul or DeAndre Ayton because of the money, but more so Ayton because of how how much longer he's tied up in Phoenix after signing the deal this offseason. Would you trade him if you're Brooklyn? Would you trade Kevin Durant? Because you and I both just said right here, right now, that we don't think Brooklyn's even a top five, top six team in the East now after this trade. I still think they're good. They're not favorites in the East good. And so would you trade him and potentially, Mitch, speed up the the real rebuild process. Cause you would still have some good names right there. I mean, obviously Benson isn't what we thought, but Nick class Claxton has bursted onto the scene as one of the top centers in the Eastern conference all, all of a sudden.
0: Yeah. Well, Kevin Durant's 34 years old. He signed the four year, $194 million extension. And he's in the mm-hmm. first year of that. So, it won't be until 2026 that he's a free agent so it's not like it's a deal where he has an expiring contract take him off our hands we'll go and rebuild and it'll be we can wash our hands clean and it'll be easy that's a lot of money for a team to invest if they're going to trade for a 34 year old uh still an all-star caliber player you know he gets injured from time to time but it, it, it he's still a guy he's still a guy and also you know the injuries he's been kind of dealing with too doesn't help either I thought Phoenix might be the – again, I thought Phoenix might be the team that could make that – because I think this is the last year of their finals, like, potential. I don't know if after this year they're really going to be a serious finals contender again because teams in the West keep getting better. Uh, I I don't really know where else you could trade them to at this point. I think you might just want to eat this year and then maybe look into possible trades in the offseason or maybe into next year because I I don't really – know what the future holds for Kevin Durant in Brooklyn unless other major moves are made by this Nets team. And I don't see those happening
1: very soon. And it'll have to be via trade, Mitch. I just pulled up Spotrack here, which is a great website for anything related That's what I'm to sports. Yep. And I pulled up the 2023 free agent class. Mitch, this is a pretty dry class. Your top name, well, not in order, but in terms of names that basketball fans would know, Russell Westbrook is an unrestricted free agent. Chris Middleton as a player option, you'd have to assume that the 31-year-old, or I'm sorry, not 31-year-old, or yeah, 31-year-old would stay in Milwaukee. You have James Harden. He's not going back to Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving, he's not going back to Brooklyn. Kristaps Porzingis, Kevin Love, D'Angelo Russell. I don't think he's going back to Brooklyn either. Uh, Vucevic for the Bulls. But I mean, in terms of players that if you keep Kevin Durant, Mitch, that you could potentially sign to build around, it's not a list that, they could go out and sign one of these guys, and you'd say, oh, the Brooklyn Nets are right back to where they were a couple of years ago when they had Irving, Harden, and KD, or now Irving, Simmons, and KD." They would have to make a trade in order to get another superstar, I, I do believe. So it's just, to me, Kevin Durant is still one of the top five players in the NBA, probably top three, one healthy. But with how teams in the East and West are loaded now, they don't have a team that's built to win a title. And when you're caught in the middle like they are, I feel like that's the worst spot to be. You either need to be all in and getting another superstar for Kevin Durant, or you need to say, okay, we're going to rebuild while these other teams continue to get older. Obviously, everybody gets older, and they're going to eventually run out of of time, like we're seeing in Phoenix right now with Chris Paul. They have one or two options, because I think being caught in the middle like where they're at right now is is the worst case scenario of where you can be. If you want to go to the playoffs and and win a series or two, sure. But if you're not going to be able to get to the finals, blow it up.
0: One big thing that was part of this too, reportedly was Irving's non-ability to get a max contract extension with Brooklyn. I mean, it was Chris Haynes, I think, who reported that uh, Irving and them were so far apart that even if he was offered a max deal, he didn't want to come back to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Um, He is seeking in the neighborhood of like four years, $198.5 $198.5 yeah. million. Dollars. That's available to him until June 30th. He's also eligible to sign a two-year extension with the Mavericks worth around $83 million uh, until that same point.
1: And you mentioned the contract, Mitch. There was also the report the Lakers, whether they put it out or you know somebody else put it out, if they were going to trade for Irving, they were only willing to sign him for the two-year extension so his contract could match up with LeBron's contract. They did not want to yeah. give him a four-year deal to a point where LeBron could jet, which is... I don't want to say expected Mitch, but we kind of all assume he's going to Jet after that two years because Bronny then would and should be in the NBA if he goes to college one and done route. Yeah. Obviously, we know how vocal LeBron has been about playing with the Suns. So I think the Lakers were also in the spot where we don't want to tie in with Kyrie Irving and then have nobody else around him. Just something to keep in mind because I believe if Irving would have said, Hey, we're going to, I'll sign that two year extension. I think maybe the Lakers. Pull the trigger and and do the deal that we had talked about of Russell, um, the two other players, all the picks, the pick swaps. I believe they would have done that, but I think the Lakers are also looking at this as a business, which it is. They don't want to be screwed over here in two years if LeBron does jet and then they have Kyrie Arena. That's it.
0: Yeah, I was just gonna confirm. Like you think they would have went all in on Kyrie for what Brooklyn wanted if they had that in the back. Okay. Cause the, I was thinking back to how they said, Oh, the Nets wanted multiple first round picks. And I was like, that's a lot to bring in a 30 year old point guard who up until this trade recently had been playing very well for Brooklyn. It's not like he was having too many struggles. I mean, I saw that Cavs game a few weeks ago at the, at the field house. That was domination by two players Mm -hmm. and a couple of other guys. And it's just unfortunate for a Brooklyn fan base who kind of had to go through, as we said, nearly four years of missing so many games, uh, a suspension uh, from this past season for what happened off the court, his sitting out from off the court the previous year, many injuries, not just to him, but to Durant. The whole thing with Harden, which was only, what, 15 games ended up playing together as a three? To To think that that had the potential to make a huge finals run, and we were about... Half an inch of Kevin Durant's foot on the line away from seeing Brooklyn, who knows what they do against Milwaukee if they reach or not, or whoever was that year. If they reach that next round, uh, Phoenix, yeah. Or I meant in the conference finals, because that was the semifinals, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe it was the Hawks in the conference finals. Hawks, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's another team, too, that who might have reached their peak, too. So, yeah, I don't know what's going to go there. One team that we're hoping hasn't reached its peak yet cleveland cavaliers and i want to take the next segment to talk about not only what happened on thursday night but also potential of what could be happening this coming thursday because i want to start off the week talking about trades and i want to end the week talking about trades because anything can happen in the next couple of days before you and i sit down in front of these microphones again so stay with us
6: The Furby Electric Supply Company has bright ideas for your home. Save money by converting to energy-efficient electrical products or add ambiance with beautiful lighting features. It begins with a professional consultation and a visit to the Furby Lighting Showroom. Then certified Furby contractors complete your project right and on time. Since 1934, four generations have built a reputation of quality and trust, and they offer emergency services too. Just visit furby.com. That's F-U-R-B-A-Y, the Furby Electric Supply Company me. Okay. You asked for it and we listened. Buckeye Career Center is now offering certified nail technician as an adult education program. This 216 hour course begins in November and will run Tuesday through Thursday evenings from five to 9 p.m. Learn manicures, pedicures, infection control, salon operations, and more. Other part-time certification courses starting this fall include phlebotomy and welding. Call 330-339-2288 to register or visit BuckeyeCareerCenter.org more information
4: if you're looking for a new or pre-owned car or truck why not see the parkway auto group parkway is a special group of automotive experts with eight brands to satisfy your needs come see the difference at the parkway auto group on commercial parkway in dover eight brands and one family it's parkway auto group
6: all is in the air, and part time career enhancement courses at Buckeye Career Center are on the horizon. Registration is now open for introduction to beekeeping, basic small engine repair, and sign language. These part time offerings run on Tuesday evenings and begin in November. Let Buckeye Career Center help you learn a new skill or advance your current skill set. Call 330 339 2288 for more information or to reserve your seat in one of these or our other part time classes. matter. Everyone plays a part.
4: We all have a role. Each of us can make a difference. You do matter and the best way to have a positive impact is to pay it forward. With each of us helping one another to cope, feel better and know that we belong. Pass on the positivity today. Tell someone else they matter too. Alt-Care. Alt-Care,
3: Alt-Care. Where you matter.
5: We all have 206 things in common. Our bones keep us up and moving. And we at Cleveland Clinic Union Hospital care about every single one of them. From the tip of your finger to a brand new hip, our orthopedic experts will keep you going while keeping you safe. For every break and breakthrough, for every bone and joint, for every care in the world. Get the care you need when and where you need it. Visit unionhospital.org.
0: Back on the Big Time Sports Podcast show. Mitch Minnell, Mitchell Ballet here to give you the latest Mitch. Let's talk about the fight Thursday night. There was a fight that broke out at the field house on Thursday between the Cavaliers and the Grizzlies, and it could not have come on a better night. National television, Cavaliers going up against the Grizzlies. Pretty much all the players healthy enough to go on the court that night. I mean, we didn't really have any uh, major injuries, major players left out. And it was a good win for the Cavaliers. I believe it was 128 to 113, I believe. And um Yeah, the big story was Donovan Mitchell and Dylan Brooks' fight uh, that ended up getting both players ejected. Even as a Cavalier fan, I was happy to see, not even just, not not happy to see, that's not the right term, but I was pleased to see that when it came to objective viewing between the two players and what went down on Thursday night, Mitch, it seemed Brooks was at the start in the wrong. Donovan shouldn't have done what he did, but... There's a reason he got a one-game suspension and Mitchell got a twenty thousand
1: dollar fine. Mitch, first off, I was there as a fan. It was electric. That was so much fun it. to see. And it, I believe it was the wake-up call the Cavs needed for how they had been playing basketball really. But Rooks was absolutely wrong. So Reggie Miller, if by chance you're watching, yes. this, you were wrong too. Say that there was no intention behind that. Because one <sighs> Look, if you want to say the rolling up on Donovan Mitchell's ankles was inadvertent, I can I, I will listen to that. I, I agree. Sure, maybe it was. Still, there's times that people do that on purpose, but that's not what we're talking about here. Dylan Brooks looked back at Donovan Mitchell and turned his hand into a fist and laid yep. a punch below the belt. Mitch yep. as a guy that never feels good. No. Two, if it is with intent, as a guy, I'm going to come after you. Yeah, that that's just what it is. I, there's been times, obviously, I think there's plenty of viewers out there that know what we're talking about without getting into specifics that you've been hit below the belt on accident. And it's never pleasant, but if it's with intent, I'm going to come after you. So I don't blame Donovan Mitchell at all for throwing the basketball at Dylan Brooks, getting up and then taking him to the ground. I did not know that throwing the basketball now results in an automatic ejection. Yeah, um, I, that, that was news to me. But at the same time, I loved what J.B. Bickerson said after the game. After the Cavs won, by the way. Let's also make sure we throw that out there. The Cavs won. They rallied around that moment. They got the win. But J.B. saying they don't start that, but they will end it. And that's exactly what they did. And Dylan Brooks, Mitch, you heard Donovan Mitchell in, in the post-game press conference. He's done this for a while now. He mentioned Damian Lillard, a player he's done that to. Steph Curry, he's done that too. We know the incident that happened between the Grizzlies and Lakers. Yeah. I oh, Yeah. I, I liked the Grizzlies, Mitch, but at the same time, they're starting to turn into a team that's unlikable because they act like they are these been there, done that big dogs that haven't done anything. They haven't accomplished anything. They haven't gotten to the Western Conference finals, let alone NBA finals. Obviously, you have to win the West first, but this is a team that's acting like they're this juggernaut that hasn't done anything. If you're going to be a team that does that, you better be the warriors. You better be a team with lebron or kd or Giannis or these guys that have championship rings and championship pedigree the the grizzlies to me are almost becoming unlikable now because it's not just brooks either mitch desmond bain has had his incidents as well and it's jaw i will say well jaw yeah jaw acts like a tough guy if this would have gotten he does if this would have gotten any uglier though, the Cavs are pretty lucky that Steven Adams was inactive that night because he's the one that's guy true. I would never want to mess with on an NBA court. I'll give you that. He is a very, very large that's very strong. Um, that's what the Cavs needed. They just won now back-to-back games for the first time since I believe since early January, Mitch. Now, granted, that stretch in January, they went through a gauntlet playing playoff teams almost every night, whether it was in the west or the east. And now maybe the Cavs can rally around this, but Also, for Donovan Mitchell, Mitch, let's not forget this is a guy who's coming off a groin injury. He's still not 100%. I'm not going to sit here and act like he is. So, to get hit there too, not only with intent to hurt a guy, but also who's rehabbing an injury in that same exact spot, that was a dirty play by Brooks. I was, and maybe this is the Cavs family, I was kind of shocked it was only one game given Brooks's past, but it is what it is. And also, a big shout out to the Grizzlies coaching staff that launched off that bench and tackled Brooks to the ground to keep him out of any other fights. I thought uh, that was believe a nice, that, yeah. form, nice form tackle. Um, definitely looks like he could play in the NFL potentially for a team with the way he tackled there, maybe the Browns. Um, but the fight was awesome. And I think it's the wake-up call the Cavs needed because I think and I listened to D- uh Darius Garland on another podcast with JJ Redick Mitch. He says teams know they're young, but that's not that's not a reason for them to be able to act like this against the Cavs. The Cavs need to be able to come out and win on the basketball court and get dirty in a way without doing what happened there the other night. I mean, gritty on the floor, diving for loose balls to show that they are young, but they're there to win. And I think now the Cavs have kind of woken up because not only did they beat the Grizzlies, match, then they had a very impressive win last night over the Indiana Pacers, a team that, for some reason, has had their number when they go to Indy. The Cavs just never play well there. They always seem sluggish. The Pacers can somehow get them going. And that was one of the best Cavs performances in terms of defense that I've seen in the past month, Mitch, because they held a Pacers team that loves to shoot the three ball down in terms of shooting percentage. They let Miles Turner get his. I believe he had 27 points, but that's okay because the starting five for the Cavs last night was phenomenal, including Isaac Okoro, who I am on the edge right now of having to say I was wrong, and I will gladly do it because I think as fans and and people in the media, Mitch, we expect these kids in the lottery to come in and make an impact like a LeBron, like a John Morant even, right away when realistically, Mitch, Isaac Okoro could still be playing his senior season in college basketball right now.
0: No doubt. I mean, Okoro had 20 points, Jared Allen had 18 points and 13 boards. I like that Okoro and Mobley seem to be getting a little more comfortable on offense and mm-hmm. Mitchell he had 19 points he was what six of 18 from the field that's just not his quite his night I like that this team with Mitchell on the floor can fill in at times when he's not having his nights and we've seen that a couple of, at a couple of points especially mm-hmm. during the Grizzly after the the ejection the Grizzlies game the Cavaliers kind of settled down and were able to stave off that Grizzlies team that could have easily come back and then they didn't and that was very good especially with you mentioned that electric crowd when you get those national TV games. Cause I was there for the Boston game a few months ago. That was where it's like, it feels like the postseason. It feels right. Mm-hmm. It feels good. And especially when you get those wins, it's that much sweeter. So I'm very, I'm very excited to see what Cleveland can do here coming up. They do play Washington on Monday night. Now, as far as this Thursday goes, the trade deadlines coming up, we already saw the big trade of this tra- de- deadline coming yesterday with Kyrie Irving, but Karis Levert, uh, I was gonna say here I had my update here and then I lost it. So, well, first of all, a couple of players out for the Cavs tonight, according to reports. Ricky Rubio is not going to play, and I believe there was a Carousel Vert update. Carousel Vert is questionable with hamstring soreness. I'm I wonder what this team's gonna do at the deadline because they just took Kevin Love out of the rotation. They. Mm-hmm. Haven't been utilizing Karis as much lately. We've seen a couple of nights where we can have, I think of Karis Cavaliers, Karis Levert as a Jekyll and Hyde player, especially this season. We've seen some Jekyll. We've seen some Hyde. Is Karis, do you think p- going to be part of a a trade plan for the Cavs? Or do you think he's going to stay put
1: at this point? I think Karis has to be somebody that Cavs look to trade. Um, not only because of how the Cavs have now played in a couple games without him on the floor, Mitch, but because of looking at the contract situation, if the Cavs were to leave Karras on this team and then let him walk in free agency, it is going to be a huge hit to the cap. If the Cavs are to trade Karras and get that money off the books now, it, it is a big deal in terms of the Cavs being able to have free money, or if they sign him to an extension for lesser value and less money, that is also big, but, With how the Cavs have played without Karis Levert, Mitch, I think you have to trade him. Yes, Karis, we know, can go off at any given time. What He had 30-plus, maybe 40-plus in that first game against Boston this year at Boston. But, Mitch, he's also the guy that I think on the floor with how the team is constructed can kind of clog up the way they want to move around on offense. He's a guy that doesn't always look to pass. He tries to dribble in and get his shot or maybe just spot-up shoot. I like Karis. I liked him a lot last year. It has not gone how us fans thought it would once we acquired him in that trade. But I still think if you're the Cavs, you need to be able to trade him for somebody that can either come in and be a perimeter shooter or be a perimeter. Don't think Tim Hardaway is an option anymore after the Mavericks made the trade. I think they're going to keep Hardaway. Yeah. I also look at somebody like Kevin Love and and I was listening to Brian Winhurst this morning, and to his knowledge, he said there is 0.0 interest in Kevin Love in the trade market. I don't want to trade Kevin Love. I think that there's a, a few things going on in Cleveland. I think they know that Dean Wade is back now. He can pretty much do things that Kevin Love can do in a certain sense. Kevin Love has been playing through this fractured thumb injury now for over a month, Mitch, and he has never looked the same from beginning until he got hurt. He needs time off. And now whether he's actually just getting that time off or he's out of the rotation, that's, that's fine. But if he's out of the rotation, I think that JB Bickerstaff with the relationship he has with Kevin Love dating all the way back to Kevin Love in Minnesota, because Bickerstaff was an assistant in Minnesota when the Timberwolves drafted Kevin Love, I think having him here with Rubio, the two veteran presence on the bench for when we go to the playoffs is huge. And I don't want to see Kevin Love get traded because I've been a Kevin Love fan And nine years now he's been in Cleveland, and he has been phenomenal in terms of his play, obviously bringing home a championship in 2016. But I don't want to trade him. Kevin Love will look to end his career in Cleveland. Maybe it's after this year. I personally don't know and don't think so, but I think the Cavs have to trade Karis Levert. They have to, they have to find a way to get him off the books in terms of money. and Because I think the Cavs have played so well without him at stretches this year. I think it makes sense for both sides because Karis wants to play. Let's be honest. He wants to play basketball. He wants to be a guy, whether it's off the bench that they can shoot and score. Or whether it's in the starting lineup for somebody put it around, maybe you send to Portland, maybe you send him to Toronto for somebody like Gary Trent jr. There's a couple names floating out there Malik Beasley in Utah. It'll be interesting to see where they go with this. But as a Cavs fan, I hope by the time we record either later this week or early next week, once the deadline is passed, I hope Karis Levert is on a different team and we acquired somebody.
0: It'll be interesting to see what the team does. And obviously, we'll a few more days so we'll be able to uh, kind of wax on the uh, rest of this week before the deadline officially hits this coming Thursday. So when we come back, we'll get to our final segment here. We go over some of the uh, recent uh, Cleveland area based sports news and uh, maybe some other stuff, including the NFL Pro Bowl. Stay with us. Hey there, folks. This is Mitch Spinell, and I want to give you guys a quick message regarding. 988. If you don't know what 988 is, it was created to make it easier to remember how to get help in the event of a mental health or addiction crisis. This is different than a medical, fire, or police emergency where 911 should still be called immediately. 988 connects you with Stark County's Crisis Center, which is equipped to help people in emotional distress or experiencing a mental health or addiction crisis. So remember, 911 for medical, fire and police emergency help and 988 for
4: support in overcoming a mental health crisis in Stark County. It takes a lot of practice to have a winning team. Alban Title has over 100 years of combined experience handling real estate title and escrow transactions. They serve Tuscarawas, Stark, Carroll, Harrison counties and more. So choose Alban Title for your next home refinance, sale or purchase. They'll get it done quickly and professionally. Contact Title at 330-334-5800 or visit their website albantitle.com. Let them put their experience to work for you. Hard work is something you're accustomed to. Van Nostrand Young understands that principle. Our access is achieved with organizations like Grange Insurance. Safety and prevention specialists utilize our VANCAN assessments process to ensure that you and your colleagues are in the best hands. You want the safest environment for your business and we can guide you there.
2: Call Van Nostra & Young Insurance in North Canton at 330-497-1867. If you're purchasing a new home, the team at Hartzler's Quality Housing is here to help. Take advantage of record low interest rates to make your new home a reality. Locally owned and operated since 1978, Hartzler's Quality Housing has the experience to guide you through the process. You'll find a wide selection of model homes on site to fit any budget. Open six days a week, just off I-77. You can also visit them online at heartsler's.com. Hartzler's quality housing, quality from start to finish.
3: You deserve the best. And at Ferris Chevrolet, Buick Cadillac Toyota, that's what you get. We consider you
1: the customer to be part of our family. Anybody can make promises, but when you visit Ferris, you get the Ferris deal from a Ferris wheel. So if you're looking for a car, truck, or van, think
3: Ferris. Think Ferris! Wendy's without the Wendy's app is like Nugs without the sauce. (gasps) Or a Frosty without the fries. (gasps) Or a hamburger without the fresh beef. No! Level 8. Get the app to order ahead, order delivery, earn free food, and get app-exclusive offers. One app, all the Wendy's.
4: Offer for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Terms apply.
3: App
5: registration required. Fresh beef available in contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada.
0: And we're back here for the final segment of the Big Time Sports Podcast Show. Mitch, bit of a scare yesterday at the NFL Pro Bowl as uh, well. It's the, not the pro bowl anymore. It's the pro bowl game. So to say it was the big flag football game. Did you watch any of this? First of all, cause I didn't see one second. I did not
1: even turn to the channel of that for a second.
0: And it sucks. Cause you know, I'm sure those guys are out there, you know, competing at least, but it's just become a thing where it's not quite the same as the pro bowl. And the pro bowl wasn't the same as what the pro bowl ever was for a number of years. But There was the scare yesterday that uh, Miles Garrett, uh, what was it? A dislocated toe. I think it it was from while he was playing in the game. Mm -hmm. The x-rays did come back negative, apparently. So, uh, yeah, it's some idiots out there saying, oh, cancel the Pro Bowl. It's I I I thought it was it wasn't much of a story to begin with, even though we don't want our guy who's already been through a car accident within the past year who had COVID two years ago. We just want to have him on the field. For as many games as we possibly can for the
1: 2023 season, I yeah, I mean, it could have been a lot worse. Thank goodness it wasn't. I was very, very nervous once I saw the video service on Twitter of him limping around, thinking, Oh you know, my gosh, you know, what did he do? Come to find out he was in, I believe, the obstacle course where he jumped off a seven foot wall. Now, if that's how he dislocated the toe, then so be it. But a dislocated toe is one thing now. I'm not going to be worried about it unless the off season stuff comes up in May and he's not being able to participate in it because of the dislocated toe, then I will be worried. But Mitch, there were some reports saying the players loved the flag football game. Um, Obviously it looked like Derek Carr from what I saw on social media was very into it as he was constantly throwing to stay warm uh, in the flag football game. But, the NFL needs to get a do away with this. And I know it's hard because they have money tied up with TV contracts and rights and and, and partners and sponsors, but there has to be a better way to do this. That This has turned this, this has gone from a game that we were so accustomed to watching way back when we were younger, Mitch to now it's not even worth putting the TV on for.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think I I still want to give it a few more years, mainly because I do think the players do have a, they're having more of a fun time getting out there than it is playing a lazy game of tackle football. And, you know, the travel isn't as uh, uh, extensive with going to Hawaii compared to just going to where this year's Pro Bowl was at uh, in Vegas. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's easy. It's harmless to me. At least I know guys aren't getting at risk for injury nowadays, except for miles Garrett. So maybe this can just kind of be more of an ancillary thing compared to I don't know what we thought the pro Bowl, the, we thought the pro Bowl was like this NFL all-star game. And, you know, it, it's the NFL can't really do an all-star game in midseason because that would be tricky. So I, I maybe just. I don't know. I don't know. That's one of the less definitive answers you'll see from me on this podcast. I don't know. Pro Bowl. I don't know. But what I do know is that the New Orleans Saints are hiring their new defensive coordinator. So, look, let's be fair here. The Browns had some very good defensive stands his first two seasons on the job, did what he had to do, but recently ousted Cleveland Browns defensive coordinator. Joe Woods is hiring New Orleans is joining New Orleans in the same role. This is he is now going to go to a defensive minded head coach, Mitch and Dennis Allen, who it looks like will still have some. He'll be the play caller on defense for the Saints as he was last year. Woods will be his top assistant and work as more so with the defensive backs, which he did in San Francisco right before he went to Cleveland. Is this a good kind of just restructuring of a job for Woods, do you think? And is there a possibility that the Saints defense can improve from some very, very poor performances last year?
1: I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask for this. Um, obviously, I think I have a bias because Joe Woods was very underwhelming as defensive coordinator. But to your point, Mitch, He's not going to be the play caller, at least it seems as right now, and he's going to work with the position group that he worked with specifically back in San Francisco and that he's very familiar with as a DB. It's more of a wait-and-see thing for me. Um, I I guess I'll give him the benefit of the doubt since it won't be him calling the defensive plays like he did here in Cleveland. It'll be Dennis Allen, and obviously being under a defensive-minded head coach, I think that would do something. But at the same time, Mitch, he's also going to a team now that is in the worst division in all football because Tom Brady's retired for Mm -hmm. Tampa and the rest of those teams in that division are bad. So maybe the defense looks really good, but it also could be because in the season are just so bad. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Good for Joe Woods. I knew he would get picked up again, just because of, of his past and what he can bring to a team at any juncture. Um, We'll have to see what the Saints do now
0: with him. So speaking of Tom Brady, we know he retired this past week. Are you aware of a certain post that came across Twitter.com this morning or this afternoon? No, I'm not. So uh, I'm trying to get the thing up here is in my group chat on Twitter. I'm part of I'm part of like a multiple person group chat. I also have to send you the video of people's live reaction in a Twitter space to the Kyrie uh, trade, which is really funny. But if I could find it, if I would get it. But Tom Brady posted something this afternoon, I want to say. Maybe it was this morning. Uh, It was in relation to I think it was last year where it was like the Tom Brady posted 40,000 likes. And I'll recreate these photos of these two guys posing in, in like for underwear ads. And they're like, like underwear models mm-hmm. or something. And and Tom Brady was like, Hit forty thousand likes, and I'll recreate this photos. These that l- tweet has forty eight thousand likes. So then Brady Brand, Tom Brady's clothing brand, said, uh, "Uh, Brady, we haven't forgotten about this, and I'm not going to put the picture on to Twitter today, because or to the Big Time Sports video today because I this is a family friendly show, and I do not want to put that out there. But you can go look at it for yourself. Go to Tom Brady's Twitter." Mitch, I don't think he could have possibly picked a worse choice for his, for his clothing. That's all I'll say. And you're getting the picture right now.
1: I'll have to, I'll have to look at it because I know I have my Wi-Fi turned off so we can have a better connection here. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, I, what I was about to say, I mean, all right. So you'll see it and you people will see it at home. You people just go to Tom Brady's Twitter or don't if you don't want to, if you don't want to, Expose that to yourself. You don't expose yourself to a seven-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. No, six-time MVP. Right? No. Five times. Because the first two times he won, he was Super Bowl MVP against the Rams and Panthers. Mm -hmm. And then the Eagles one was Deion Branch. A lot of people forget that. Yep. Fourth one was Malcolm Butler, I think. Yeah. Fifth one was Brady. Sixth one was Brady. Fifth one should have been James White, but that's not here nor there. Um. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah, five-time MVP. Um, that's really all I had for segment four. You also had two questions regarding um, uh, our high school segment.
1: Uh, yeah. I want to hear those questions. So I when we were looking back at segment one, and if you missed it, you can go back and watch the beginning of the episode, and we talked about how teams get seated and teams get to pick where they want to play. So two questions, Mitch. First, how do you feel that the tournament draw happens when it happens with two weeks to go still in the regular season for high school basketball does that bother you at all or do you wish that it would maybe wait till maybe a week to go in the high school regular season
0: that seems like it would make the most sense I mean it's not that you don't want to get those seeds out there with significant time to get ready for the tournaments but I don't know there's there's many races that haven't even been decided yet we mentioned the IVC South is still up for grabs you mentioned that the a federal league still trying to determine its champion. So I guess they're kind of basing it off of, well, if these teams have one to two games left in the season, then, you know, how big of a difference is that going to be? Usually it's not the case. Cause a lot of, t- there's a number of conferences who don't have one or two game races left in the, in the conference. Some teams have already wrapped it up by now, but yeah, that seems like they should be able to take some more time before figuring out who is the top seeds. And granted it's also based on, um, you you sent me a list of all those, uh, um, the entire list of how the teams were seated, how the teams were voted upon. So it really is kind of just uh, based on it that way. And that's another tricky situation about the whole thing too, that you basically have like these coaches come in and and, ha- and vote for them.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. I wish it would kind of wait till later in the high school season. I get, you need to have things set up obviously, but it is what it is. My second question is obviously you saw some top seeds, elect to take a bye. some top seeds elected to play the sectional semifinals. If you were a coach Mitch, what would you choose to do? Cause I think it's always a compelling argument. Do you take the extra game off to get rest yeah. and, and not risk injury in a game? Or do you say, Hey, let's play it to get it in a rhythm of playing twice a week.
0: I, I think you take, I think you take the week off mainly because that automatically means you get to the next round. And a lot of times, mm-hmm. not always, but a lot of times you're going to be facing off with a team that, you are miles ahead of in terms of skill and talent, but it's not always necessarily the case. And then there have been teams in the past who have been able to stun these would be contenders for what could be significant playoff runs all the way to regionals and maybe even state. So I would take, I would take, I guess the easy way out, but you know, I I understand there's thinking of, well, you want to keep your players fresh. You don't want to keep them, allow them to get too rested up or get them too stale. But at the same time, it's one extra
1: round you don't have to play in. Like you, you get that. You got it.
0: So that's what's my thinking.
1: Yeah, it was interesting because there were some people that are going to go look at brackets now and see. Oh, Aurora got a first round by. But how on earth did Aurora get a first round by when they were the worst ranked team in the Super District? And you have teams like Jackson that I know firsthand elected to play in the first round. Saint Vincent, Saint Mary, I believe. Um, and then, but then you have somebody like green elected to take a first round bye. just interesting. You know, there's always that argument in any sport, I think, especially football, we see, do you want the first round bye? you've seen teams come out and get beat? Cause they were off too long. Um, obviously with the high school season being like this, some teams might be off for just a few days with the buy. So always something interesting. I like to ask people what they think of if they would take the bye or get in a routine and play that first game.
0: No doubt, no doubt. And I'm curious to see what you, the fans, think of uh, the setup here in not only just the our districts, but the OHSAA. Uh, and that's pretty much all we have for this episode. So they have, obviously, I mentioned at the top, uh, be sure to check us out on our, all of our social networks. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the bell, and, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Anchor, and Spotify. Uh, that's all we have for this week's episode. Mitch, what is our fact of the day?
1: Mitch, it's not really a fact. I just wanted to bring attention to something because I am on the call tonight for the Jackson girls basketball team. It is senior night. Then. I just wanted to bring awareness. This will be the last regular season home game since 2010 at Jackson that a Pilata will be competing in any sport on the home turf facility field of Jackson. Um, So you... Me saying that Lauren Pilata obviously, is senior at Jackson. She's a Dayton basketball commit for girls basketball. Uh, since 2010, there has been a Pilata at Jackson High School. And just trying to figure out some things here on the fly. I was texting with my, one of my best friends, uh, Jake Pilata. So I'm not sure if he'll see this. But it's just going to be weird, I think, that after this year, there won't be a Pilata there after you've been accustomed since 2010 to a Pilata being involved in a varsity sport. You look at somebody like Jake, a four-time district champion, one time in basketball, three times in baseball, also a state champion. His younger brother Jarrett, two-time district champion in basketball, also a state champion. Uh Lauren, one-time district champion, state four or state final four appearance in girls' basketball last year. Not sure how swimming works, but Alex, uh, the oldest sibling of the Pilata family, had a very successful swimming career at Jackson. Eventually moved on to go to Cincinnati for that. So just awareness and, and making it known that the run of the plot at Jackson is coming to an end until, you know, maybe they have kids of their own and they go through the Jackson school program, but just something that you don't see often, let alone one or two kids coming through, but the success that all four of the uh, kids in the plot family have had at Jackson high school will never be forgotten or go unnoticed. And uh, I think that Lauren is trying to make sure she can get one more district championship this year to tie her brother, Jared, because that is a very competitive family, Mitch, that I know firsthand. And so they will always hold that over each other's heads. Um, so just something cool that I wanted to make sure I mentioned because it it is a very, very cool feat. Uh, and it's going to be interesting starting next next year to not have a Pilata in that Jackson uh, High School.
0: No doubt. Congratulations and shout out
1: to uh, the Pilata family. I mean, that's an amazing
0: accomplishment to, uh, to be able to share. And we thank you all for listening or watching the Big Time Sports Podcast Show.